You are listening to the Long Hollow Students Podcast. For more information and to stay updated, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. Good evening, good evening. How are we doing tonight? Okay, three of you guys are doing good. That's awesome. Well, hey, we are glad you guys are here tonight. We are finishing up a series called So What? And in that, in that series, we've talked about abortion, we've talked about racism, we've talked about mental health, and tonight we're going to talk about sex and sexuality. And, and I want you to know something, every one of those messages, what we did is we presented to you, here's what God's Word says, not our own opinion, not what is popular, not here's what God's Word says. And, and so tonight, we're going to continue with that in this series. Um, and every week we have ended up with one of the things we want to challenge you to do, one of the things we want to encourage you to do as believers is to have conversations outside these walls about those issues. But as you have those conversations, I want you to have the compassion and the love that Jesus would have as he, as he would have those conversations with people. You see, way too often in the church world, we have these, these different tiers of sins. And what we do is we say, hey, I, I, I lie, but that's okay. And I dishonor my parents, and that's okay. And I, I cheat every now and then, and that's okay. But over here, here are the bad sins. Homosexuality, having sex outside of marriage, drugs, all those things. Students, I, I, show me where that is in the Bible. Show me in the Bible where you see that there are different tiers of sins. That, that this sin is okay and that sin is not okay. I need you to hear something tonight, every one of you. Sin separates us from God, period. Sin gives us a death sentence of eternity separated from God. That's it. Now, there are immediate consequences that are different for sins. You know, you're not going to get arrested for cheating on a test. You probably get arrested for murdering someone. All right? But, but I need, listen to me, because in the church world, we are horrible at this. In the church world, we like to come in and we like to look better than the person sitting next to us or the person in the row opposite of us. And so we come in and we go, well, yeah, I've dishonored my parents this week. And yeah, you know, I cheated on that test, but I needed a grade for college. And so it's okay. But those people... Man, what are they doing at church? How dare you? How dare you talk or think like that? It is but for the grace of God that every one of us is in this room and has an opportunity to have a personal relationship with him. You've heard it said so many times before, love the sinner and hate their sin. But a buddy of mine, Brent Crow, says it a little bit differently, and I love this. He says, love the sinner and hate your own sin. I love that. Love the sinner and hate your own sin. And, and so wherever you're at on the spectrum tonight, wh whether you, are, you, you, have, you have never struggled with any of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, or whether you are struggling with homosexuality or you're struggling with your identity, or whether, whatever it is, everybody look up here. I'm so glad you're here tonight. I need you to know something, that God loves you and that we love you 
And tonight, my prayer has been this ever since I knew I was preaching on this. That tonight that you would hear God's word and, and you would hear and feel his love and his forgiveness. So please hear me tonight. If you're here tonight and you're struggling with any of what we're going to talk about, I'm so glad you're here. And I want you here and there's no better place for you to be. And if anybody tells you different, you come talk to me. Because I'm the biggest guy in the room right now. All right? Well, where's Frank? Is Frank in here? Frank's the biggest guy in the room. That guy, but I'm the second biggest guy in the room. All right? But hey, I'm, I'm serious. If there's anybody in here who makes you feel uncomfortable, who, who, who tries to point fingers, please let me know. I don't, we don't put up with that here. So tonight, as, as we dig into this, I need you to understand that Satan's job, really from the get-go, was to distort the things that God created. That's why we started tonight with our, with our I call them beer goggles. Uh, but but I, that's why we, we started tonight with these, with these goggles that distort things. They, they change the way things look. They change your perception. What happens often is you will have, uh, you, you'll, you'll go to school and they'll show this, this is what it's like to be drunk. And you put these on and it distorts reality. It's tough to tell perception. It's tough to tell all kinds of things. Well, that is Satan's job from the beginning. Say it from the very beginning, all the way back in the book of Genesis, he, he, he took what God said and he questioned it. And he had Adam and Eve question it. And in, in Genesis chapter 3, here's what he says. He said, did God really say that you'll die if you eat that? Come on. Come on, that can't be true. And guess what? Ever since that moment, we have been questioning God and his word. And in that, get this. In that, you know what we've done? Is we live a life of indecision and uncertainty. It's tough to live a life of hope. It's tough to live a life of direction when we are uncertain. Is this the right way? Is this the right way? Is this right? Is it wrong? And so far too often, here's what we do, is we listen to what Satan says instead of listening to what God says, and then all of a sudden we live in uncertainty. And I'm going to be honest with you, Going back to our talk last week about mental health, I think that's why so many of us struggle with it. So many of us struggle with mental health because we live in uncertain times, and, 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 and Satan has blurred so many lines that we don't know which way is up and which way is right. And so tonight, our big idea is this. Our big idea is this, is that God gives us clarity. God gives us clarity. Tonight, wherever you're at on this journey, here's what I hope you walk out with. You walk out with a clear picture of God's hopes and desire for you. Now listen, we're not going to get down in the weeds, and I know there's all kinds of questions. And here's the deal. If you have questions tonight, in your seat is a place to write down a question, drop it in that mailbox, and tomorrow at 345, we're going to do an Instagram Live. And you guys, hopefully, will be able to answer some of your questions just on this issue. But we're going to take really a, a kind of a 30,000-foot view of, of sex and sexuality and what God's Word says about it. So, you guys ready? Okay, good. One of you guys is ready. You and I can just talk afterward. Um, here's the deal. The first thing we need to understand is this, is God's design. God's design. 
Now, now there are so many different reasons that God created sex and sexuality. We're just going to talk about three of them tonight. The first one is this. The first one is God created for pleasure. God created sex for pleasure. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to get into details. It'll be awkward. You guys will look at me weird. I'll look at you guys weird. But here's what I need you to understand about that. All right? Uh, Listen, if you doubt that God created sex for pleasure, there's a book in the Bible called Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. And it, it it is very descriptive, and it talks about God and how he created sex and why he created sex. And it is amazing. But get this. In the midst of that book, three different times it says this. Do not awaken love before it's time. Three different times the author cries out as he's talking about the dating process, as he's talking about falling in love with his wife, as he's talking about their wedding night. He says, do not awaken love before it's time. You see, God's design and plan, God is a God of order. God is a God of, he, he plans things. Things are, are set. Satan is a God of confusion. He, he, he tries to lie and he tries to trick us. And so in that order of things, that God has created sex and for, for us to have pleasure with it, get this, in the right timing. Not when that boy says he loves you. Not when you feel pressure. Not when everyone's going, well, you haven't done it yet. But in God's timing and in God's way. So the first thing I want you to see is, is, is sex was created for pleasure. The second thing is this, for children. For children, in Genesis, it says this. It says, Genesis 1.28. It says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God designed for us, for one man and one woman, to come together and to have kids, and have a lot of kids. And, and that, that's his design. He designed us to go out and have kids and have a family and bring them up, pointing them to him so then they could go and get married, and then they bring their kids up to point to him. But, but that's a calling. And then one of the things I need you to understand is in that design that God has said one man and one woman, here's the deal. Uh, uh, two women cannot have a child outside of the medical realm. Two men cannot have a child. When I talk about God's design in this, they were, it was very specific and it was very detailed. He says, go and be fruitful. Go and multiply and fill the earth. And so when you look at his ultimate design and when you look at the big picture, a homosexual relationship is not right because it does not fit into that design. And we can argue all day long about, well, with the medical research now and this and that. But, but here's the deal. The very purpose and design was for one man and one woman to have children together. The third thing is this. The third thing I want you to see is he created it for oneness. He created it for oneness. Genesis 2.24 says this. This is why man will leave his father and mother, which, by the way, that, and just a little side note on this. All right, just a little side note on this. Here's the deal. We're designed to grow up, leave home, move on, 
get married, have kids, they raise them up, they grow up, we point them to Christ, they move on, they have kids, and so on and so forth. And so there's a lot of times where, man, we get stuck. We get stuck at where we're at and we stay at home and because it's safe and because it's comfortable. God designed us to go out and to move on. And so back to the oneness. It says this, this is why a man will leave his father and mother and bonds with his wife and they become one flesh. So I need you to get this picture, all right? When a man and woman have sex, they become one. They become one, all right? Now the problem is, once again, when we get out of the design, when we get out of God's plan, and we have sex outside of marriage, and we have sex with multiple partners, then watch this. When you become one with someone, and then you break that off, all of a sudden, yes, you pull apart, but guess what? You've left a piece of you here. You've left a piece of you with the other person. And once again, remember what I said. Satan is trying to distort the real thing. And so here's the deal. You walk on a college campus, and it feels like everybody's having sex. And it feels like it's more of a game than actual a relationship. It's something God designed and something that's beautiful. And it's way too often you have people who have had sex with multiple partners and every time they leave a piece of them there and then they wonder why they're empty. They wonder why their next relationship struggles. They wonder why they, they can't get fulfillment when, when they're with their boyfriend or girlfriend at that time. You see, God created us for one man and one woman. When they have sex, they become one and then they raise a family and they move on from there. So, for pleasure, for children, and for oneness. And I know that's very simplistic. And like I said, there's multiple other reasons why God created that. But I need you to hear tonight that, that those are three of the things that I think uh, are some of the main things. But the next thing is this. So, so we talked about Satan distorts the truth, and Satan takes things uh, of our Heavenly Father, and he, and he changes them and makes them different. Now watch this. This part two, the next thing I want you to see is, is don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Have you, ever got, have you ever wanted something so badly, and your parents kept saying no, and they kept saying no, and finally you drove them crazy where you got it, and the thing you got, like it hurt or it was wrong or it was bad or like, like I'll give you a great example. When I was a kid, we would get up as a family and we would go to church. And then after church, we would go to this cafeteria down in South Florida called Morrison's. It was horrible. But my grandma loved it. And I'm talking like, when I, you know the cafeterias that you go to where they have that, that carrot and raisin salad? Which, does anybody like that? Has anybody ever... Eat, like willingly eating that? Okay, I, 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 it's gross. So you go, you go through the cafeteria, you get all your stuff. Well, it was my dad and then my younger brother and me. We were sitting down waiting for my mom and my grandma to come through the line. And on the table, you know those, um, it, it's, it's, the, it's the peppers with the sauce in it, like the vinegar hot sauce in it. Well, we sit down and my brother goes, Dad, I want a pickle. My dad goes, son, that's, that's not a pickle. You don't, you don't want that. No, dad, I want a pickle. And Eric just kept pushing and pushing. And my dad kept going, Eric, you don't understand. That's not a pickle. It's going to hurt you. And he kept just driving my dad crazy. And I, I remember this as clear as day. 
My dad goes, okay, fine. You can have a pickle. And he opened the jar up, and he pulls out a pepper. And my brother puts the whole thing in his mouth and starts chewing just almost like, yeah, I got a pickle. And then you could see, like, there was like a couple seconds there where he's like, I'm not sure what's happening. And then all of a sudden, he just started bawling, just crying. And he's picking up everybody's drink, just, oh, and he's dying. And I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. Like, I can't quit laughing. And, and he's like, and now he's mad at my dad. He's like, Dad, why did you give me that pepper? And, I, and I'm like, look, he told you. You chose to have that. Well, here's the deal. There's a story just like that in the Bible. And if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to walk through just quickly a few verses. It's a lot of verses, but I'm going to go quickly on this. But I want you to see it's the very same thing. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writes the book of Romans. And really, Romans is an amazing book because it really kind of walks from the man's mess up to God's redemption and so forth. And so if you get a chance, read the book of Romans. But I want you to check this out. Romans 1, 24 through 32. It says, therefore, God delivered them over to the desires of the heart. Do you hear that? That's not God's will. God, they just kept coming back. We're going to worship something else. We're going to do it a different way. We want to do it our way. We want to do it this way. We want to do it this way. God goes, okay, you think you want this? Here, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give it to you, and then things are going to get crazy. So watch this. So uh, God delivered them over to the desires of their heart, to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator, uh, who is praised forever. Amen. For this reason, God delivered them over to great disgraceful passions. Women exchange natural sexual relationships for unnatural ones. Men, uh, with the same way, also with natural relationships, exchanged natural relationships with women and were inflamed with a lust for one another. You see, God kept going, no, you don't want this. You don't want this. And, he got, and finally God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you think you want. And in the midst of that, all of a sudden, everything changed. And then it goes on to say, men committed shameless acts with men and received uh, in their own person the appropriate penalty for their error. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to their corrupt minds. And so that they would do the things that were not right. They were filled with unrighteousness. Now listen, I want you to watch this list. Because he, remember what I said earlier about there's no degrees of sin? I want you to watch this list because here's the deal. When people talk about homosexuality in the church, they often go to this passage. They often read from this passage. But get this. There's a whole list of other sins in here that we don't like to talk about because we do them. So, so here's the deal. Don't you dare start quoting scripture about, oh, well, God says this about homosexuality. Let's, let's hear what else he says. All right, here we go. Ready? They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They gossip. Whoa. Wait a minute. Gossip's in there with some of the bad sins? Uh-oh. Some of us need to shut our mouths. All right, here we go. Slanders, which means you talk bad about people. Nobody here talks bad about people. God-haters, well, hey, I don't hate God. But listen to what else is in this list. Arrogant, pride, or proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. What? 
How is that in the same list of the sins that we categorize differently? Because when God was trying to protect us from ourselves, and all of a sudden he said, fine, I'm going to let you have it, all these things were part of the fall. All these things are what separates us from God. All these things are what gives us a death sentence separated from our heavenly Father. And then it goes on to this, senseless, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Although they know God's justice, listen to this, and I think this is so interesting, that those who practice such things deserve to die, not only do they do them, but they even applaud those who practice them. So it's not just that they go, hey, listen, I struggle with this, and that's my struggle, but here's what they do. Hey, listen, that guy's struggling too, or that guy's doing this, and man, good for him. Do what you feel like. Whatever you feel like is right. No one can tell you right from wrong. No one can look at you and say, this is the right way and this is the wrong way. Hey, listen here. That's a lie. God designed it so specifically for each one of us. I need you to hear that tonight. God has a perfect plan. He has perfect timing. He has a perfect person, purpose and design for our lives. And way too often, we've messed it up. Way too often, we do what they did in Romans, and we treat, choose to worship the created things rather than the creator. And because of that, this list. So what is the lie that we've bought into? The lie is this, that God doesn't want the best for us. That God is holding something back from us. We've, every one of us has bought into that lie. You know how I know that? Because every one of us is searching to be satisfied in so many places other than God. We search to be satisfied in so many different things, and those things can never satisfy us. Those things will leave us empty and always wanting more. One of the greatest pictures of that is porn. Students, and I need you to hear me tonight. Porn is not just an epidemic for guys. Statistics say that more and more girls are struggling with porn. But here's what I need you to understand about porn. Porn is a lie. Porn is fake. It is people acting. And the problem with porn is it doesn't satisfy. So you sit there and you look at porn and you get excited and you get aroused. But then the next time you sit there and watch the same thing, you go, well, that's not enough. And then you go to the next step which is a little bit darker and a little bit dirtier. And then you go to the next step, and it's a little bit darker and a little bit dirtier. And the next thing you know, you're watching stuff that is so sick and depraved. When I was younger, there was a, there was a serial killer, killer named Ted Bundy. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I, I'm trying to draw a picture for you. I'm not saying if you look at porn, you're going to kill people. Please. All right? Please don't walk out of here going, I'm going to murder someone. No, that's not what I'm saying. All right, but I need you to understand this is very serious. They, they sat down with Ted Bundy and they asked him, they said, Ted, where did this all start? You've killed all these college girls. Where did this start? And he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, when I was a kid, I found my dad's porn magazines. He goes, and I started looking at them. And he goes, and for a while they were great. But then all of a sudden I, I got bored with them. So then I, I started watching videos. And then those got boring. And then, I, and then I started watching some really sick and gross stuff. But even that, all of a sudden I was done with it and I was, I was still empty. And so all of a sudden there are these things called snuff films 
The snuff films are where people actually kill, or supposedly kill people on camera. And he started watching those for a while, and he goes, well, man, that, that got me excited and fired up, but now that's not enough. So then he went out, and he killed the first person. I need you to understand that porn is a lie, and it will start you very innocently, and it will drive you to a very dark place that you don't want to go. But we bought into that lie. We bought into that lie that says this will satisfy us. And let me help you out for a second. Porn, it continues to be addictive. It continues to be a draw in your life. And then guess what? Then all of a sudden you, you, you start dating someone. And let's say you stay pure and that's awesome. And you get married and you have this picture in your mind. You have this picture in your mind very clearly of what that means and what, and what sex is because this is what you've seen on a TV or in a, in, a, in a magazine. And then get this. Next thing you know. Next thing you know that, that sex with your partner, your husband or wife, is not satisfying because you thought it was what was on that screen. And then now, instead of spending time with your wife like God designed it, you're in a room on a computer while your, your partner's in the next, bedroom, next room sleeping. I'm just telling you. We've bought into this lie that God is holding back something from us. We've bought into this lie that he doesn't want the best for us. I'm telling you, students, God's plan and purpose and design for you is perfect. So the last thing is this. So what? Our series is called So What? So what do we do here? So where do we go from here? I want you to hear me. First of all is this. If you're here tonight and you would say, Shana, I've messed up. Shana, I'm wrestling with homosexuality. Shana, I look at porn. Shane, I've had, I've had sex with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I need you to hear something tonight. God loves you and he died on the cross for you. And that sin was covered just like every other sin. I heard this quote actually today. When I, was, when I was working on this, I thought this was such a great quote. This is from Lou Giglio, and it says this, the enemy wants you to be defined by your scars, but Jesus wants you to be defined by his scars. Think about that for a second. The enemy wants you to be defined by your scars, by your mess-ups. Hey, there's so-and-so, they did that. Hey, there's that person, they did that. That's how Satan wants us to be defined. Jesus wants us to be defined by the scars in his hands and his feet. By his, by his spear-pierced body. Don't you dare listen to the lie of the devil. If you're here tonight and you have messed up, and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. He loves you, and you're forgiven. If you're here tonight, and you're beat up, and you've been wrestling with this, and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I'd love for you to come talk to me tonight. Because there's freedom in Jesus. There's love in Jesus. There's, there's, there's so many things that, that Satan is trying to hide from you in Jesus. So don't leave here tonight if you don't know him without coming and talking to me or talking to one of our adults. We've got some great adults who want to talk to you about that.
So what are some steps that we need to take? Some What are some things that we need to do as far as whether we've messed up or whether we're doing great? The first is this. It's repentance. Repentance. The Bible says this, that, that, that repent, here's what repentance is. Repentance means if I'm walking this way, if I repent, I turn and I walk a different direction. If I'm, if I'm struggling with porn, if I'm struggling with homosexuality, if I'm struggling with my identity, that I turn from those things and I turn and I walk to Christ. And please hear me, I, there's nothing I'm going to say tonight that is a quick fix. But I need you to know that through time and through love and through understanding who you are and how God created you, that one day you can walk in freedom. So first of all is, is walk in repentance. Second of all, walk in God's word. Walk in God's word. The Bible says this, that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's so much freedom in God's truth. His design and purpose and plan is in this word. But you want to know the problem with a lot of us? We go seek advice from our friends who are struggling with the same thing. Hey, what would you do in this situation? Oh, yeah, sleep with them. What? Yeah, they're struggling with the same thing. Remember what we just read in Romans? Not only do they live in sin, but they applaud those who do. You want to start walking in freedom? Get into God's word. The next thing is this, accountability. Accountability. One of the greatest things you can have accountability with is a D group. If you say, Shane, man, I need some people that will speak into my life. Listen, I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a few guys that I disciple, and I love it. But here's the deal. Every one of those guys knows, and I tell them at the very beginning, listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the tough questions. If I hear stuff, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to ask, I'm going to hold you accountable. If some of you guys are dating someone, guess what? I'm going to ask some questions that's going to make you uncomfortable. But we've got to have that. We've got to have balance. We've got to have people asking, what are we thinking about? What are we looking about? How can I pray for you? The next thing is this, and this is going to be tough. And it's just a simple statement for you to understand that tears are better than scars. Tears are better than scars. And here's what I mean by that. I'm going to talk to the young ladies for a second, but it also applies to guys. Ladies, it is so much better for you to sit at home on a Friday night or Saturday night crying because you're not out on a date than to lower your standards and date someone that you will do something with that you can never take back. Please hear me on this. Tears are better than scars. It is, it is so much greater to spend some time maybe crying and feeling bad and hurt that you don't get invited to that party or you don't do that than to lower your standards and go do things that you can never take back. Ladies, I am begging you, raise your standards. I, I just, my time is up, but I, I, I just got a couple more things to say. I, ladies, look at me. Everybody, every lady in here, look at me. Guys are stupid. Okay? They are. 
Listen to me. I, I'll never forget. I'm not, don't, don't clap. Don't clap. I'll never forget. One time I came home and, and my best friend, I pulled up. I had been on a date and I pulled up and my best friend who was a girl, she was at my house. And I was like, that's weird. And, and I walk in the house and she's sitting at a table crying next to my mom. And she had just broken up with her boyfriend. And I walk in and I hear my mom say the words I just said to you. Boys are stupid. Now, my mom had three boys, so she knew. All right? And I was like, whoa, this is not a conversation I want to be in at all. But here's what I need you to understand. Statistically, boys do not catch up with girls maturity-wise until into college. Okay? But here's what I need you to get. You want to know why some of these boys stay immature? Because you allow them. You allow them to make out with you in the car, and they never have to grow up. They never have to be the young man that they're called to be because you give up stuff that you've got no business giving up. Raise your standards. I would Listen to me. I would much rather, and please hear me when I say this, I would much rather you go dateless all through high school than to lower your standards and, and do something that you can never take back. Girls, please hear me on this. All right, y'all can ignore it for a second. Boys, quit being stupid. Seriously. Seriously, fellas, listen to me. God has called us to be the leaders. God has called us to be young men who treat young ladies the, as his children. But you know what we do? We make it a joke. We make it a punchline. We make it a meme. I'm telling you, fellas, you want, you want to be somebody that girls want to be around? Guess what? You, you be the man that God has created you to be. Quit being stupid. Quit trying to get stuff that's not yours. You understand me? Right now, some of you are uncomfortable because you're sitting next to your girlfriend and you're getting it right now. But guess what? Quit being, I don't care, quit being stupid. All right? And then finally is this. Show the love of Christ to people who are struggling. The church has done a horrible job at this. The church has done a horrible job of pointing to people and judging people. And guess what? Guess why they didn't want to come to church? There was a church I worked at a while ago that recently did a, a series on homosexuality. And the sign up on their banner said this, God hates gays. Why on earth would someone come to that church who was struggling? Christians, you want to know the reason why so many people stay in a struggle is because you point at them and you judge them. Speak the love of Christ to people. Show compassion. Look at how, read, just read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and how many times that Jesus walked up to a crowd and he had compassion on them. He walked up and he stopped and he talked to people. He walked up and he showed love to people that everybody else couldn't figure out why he was talking to them. That's what we're supposed to be like. That's who we're supposed to be. So here's what I want tonight. Someone's supposed to come out and pad. You want me to pad? I'll pad. It won't be very good. Here's what I want. Tonight, 
just in closing. Just where you're at. Wherever you're at on your journey. I'm just going to give you some time to pray and talk. I don't want you to come forward up here. I don't want you to, I just want wherever you're at, I just want you to have a conversation with God. We've talked about God's design. If you are living somewhere out of that design, if you're looking at porn, if you're having sex outside of marriage, if you're, if you're struggling with homosexuality, if you're struggling with identity, wherever it is you're at in that spectrum, man, I just, just talk to God right now. Let him hear your struggle. Let him hear your plea. I want to encourage you to, to repent. Just say, God, I, I'm tired of living this way. I'm turning away from this and I'm turning to you. Just for a moment, as just as a piano plays, just you and the Lord. tonight Father we've been dealing with some heavy issues over the last few weeks but God I know your love and your blood can overcome Father many of us in this room we have, we have bought into the lie of the devil He's distorted what truth really is. He's distorted your design and your plan, and we've fallen for it. God, my prayer tonight is that we will turn from the way we're walking and turn towards you. God, my prayer is that every student in this room right now, Father, that can hear my voice, Lord, that they know that you love them. They know that you have a purpose and a plan and a design for them. And Father, it, it, is, it is unbelievable what you have for them. Father, I pray for those who are wrestling and struggling. And Father, that tonight that they hear that you still have a plan for them. They're not done. Father, that your blood covers their sin. Lord God, don't let them walk out of the room tonight without knowing your love. Father, don't let them walk out doubting that you care for them and you died for them. God, please show them your love tonight. Lord God, the students all over the room are talking to you as they're confessing, as they're 
confessing their struggles and their hurts and their pains. Father, minister to them. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit just rain down tonight. You're a good Father. You're loving. You're forgiving. Let them know that tonight. In your heavenly name I pray.